This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 46. I am Craig, and with me, social distancing still is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm well. How about you, Craig? I, you know, I'm all right. I, I, I have to admit, Chris, look, this. I, I'm an introvert. I like spending time alone. I think I would do just fine in the cab of a truck for 10 hours a day. That's all fine. But uh, the isolation really is starting to get to me a little bit. So I hope everybody else out there is staying well and, and that uh, if you are isolating that, you know, that you're doing all right with it. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. I, I, I do know my extrovert friends are going a little batty. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. If, if I'm starting to feel it, I'm sure it's uh, horrible for them. All right. Yeah. So Chris, today's episode is, uh, well, the, the question today is, is now a good time to start a trucking company? This is a really good question. And I have no doubt that this is something that has crossed a lot of minds. Uh, you know, people out there who started listening to this podcast because they thought, oh, you know, that seems like something I want to do. And so I'd better study up and learn about, you know, how the business works and all that. And now suddenly they're staring down the barrel of a terrible economy and, you know, horrible pressure from, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's probably, probably a big question on people's minds, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, it is a good question. And the answer is really not quite as simple as you might think. Would I want to be the guy starting a trekking company right now, having to find loads for a brand new trekking company that is starting to run today? No. But with that being said, timing is important and things change quickly and everybody's situation is a little bit different. So in this episode, I want to kind of give listeners things to think about and things to consider if they're thinking about starting a trekking company anytime soon. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, it it is a good question and i'm excited to get to the answer but of course i want to ask you if you've had any experiences out on the road uh these days anything going on um a few experiences it, it's it's really been you know up and down over the last month or so there's been super super busy times and there's been slow times and as you may have heard i think we may have talked about this in a past episode i can't remember for sure but the fmcsa are, are really the federal government declared a state of emergency. And so the FMCSA has lifted some of the regulations and made exemptions, you know, especially on the hours of service type uh, regulations that are allowing trucking companies, you know, hauling certain commodities, certain products to basically run as hard as they want until you get to a delivery, deliver your load, then you have to take a 10 hour break which is just completely different than kind of what's obviously the norm. Wow, a 10-hour break. That's interesting. So is this, uh, are you finding that this is helpful to you or is this uh, not the way you would prefer to run things? Actually, I really like it. And for a couple of reasons. One, you, you can run harder than you normally would. And so obviously that's good for revenue. Um, but the thing that I really like about it really doesn't have to do so much with just being able to run more hours, but it, it's the fact that it gives me more flexible flexibility. One of the things I really hate about the hours of service regulations is that they're so rigid. And oftentimes I have found that it forces me to drive when I'm tired and, um, 
doesn't allow me to drive when I'm rested. So you, you take, for example, say I've been running typically during the day and the way that a load works, I have um, taken a, a longer than a 10 hour break to pick up my next load. And I don't pick up the load until middle of the afternoon, say 10, two o'clock. Well, at that point, I start driving probably three or four after I'm completely loaded. And if I want to get my full 11 hours of drive time in, which sometimes you have to, depending on you know when you have to deliver the load, all of a sudden I'm driving all through the night because I can't really take too much of a break, maybe a couple hours at the most. Well, really not even that much because I've been on duty for well, I, I I have to drive my 11 hours without a rest and I get super tired in the middle of the night because I'm used to being up during the day. And, and so that's where it forces you to drive when you really probably shouldn't be. And then there's other situations where kind of the reverse happens where you've taken a rest, you know, maybe you've only rested eight hours, but you're refreshed, you've woken up and you're ready to run, but you can't, you can't run, you can't run. You just keep delaying that start time until you've had your full 10 hour break and, and then you go. And so, you know, you find that happening all the time where you have to rest when you don't want to, and you can't rest when you need to. And, you know, because of the regulations and, and some of these things being lifted when you're carrying one of those kind of loads, you really can run hard while you're feeling good. You know, as soon as you get tired, rest. As soon as you wake up and feel good again, you can run again. And it's, and it's great. And that's really you know, how it should be. You can run when you're not tired and rest when you are. It's silver linings, I guess. At least this part of the uh, COVID stuff is working out for you, but uh, it's unfortunate the way you had to get there, huh? Yeah, it is. And and it's obviously, it's not going to last forever, but you know, the, the, the FMCSA, I think, I mean, there's a lot of noise that they're going to change that and make it so the rules are a little bit less rigid. You do have an an eight to split that you can do, but I, I still find in most situations, that's just doesn't add enough flexibility for you to really be able to rest when you need it and uh, run when you don't. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, anything else going on today, Chris, before we get to our uh, question at hand? I do have a little bit of an exciting announcement. Oh, ooh, okay. I'm all in for exciting. Let's hear it. I have hired a driver, oh. and so I am uh, not driving as regularly anymore. Okay, very good. Now, I know you were thinking about doing this as early as a few months ago, uh, but you were worried about not being able to, to find somebody, but apparently you found somebody. How did it go? I did. It, it, it's good, and obviously, and as the time goes on, sometime probably in the next month or so, I'm going to do an, a podcast episode that really kind of focuses on that hiring process and what we did you know, some of the things that I've learned going through the process and I'm super excited about it. He started a couple of weeks ago and he's actually on his first trip right now. Um, the timing's not great because of the COVID thing rates are, are tough right now, but we're, we're making it work. And, um, I was a little bit patient. My, the, the gentleman's name is Mike and he's been great so far. I think he's a kind of a perfect fit for what we're looking for. So, I'm super excited. It's given me an opportunity to get out of the truck and get caught up on some other things. And it it really, um, you know, one of the business principles that I think hiring a driver really lets you take advantage of that is hard to do when you're driving full time is, and this is one of the things that I've found has been the most impactful in my business is it allows me to work on my business. So you, you hear, um, 
in the business world, one of the sayings that's fairly common is that it's important for a business owner to work on their business and not in their business. Yeah, and I've heard that before. And I understand that even running something completely different than what you do, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I get yeah. bogged down in the day-to-day -day of, uh, of running the company that I do. And, uh, you know, it's tiny though it may be. And yeah, I have no time to consider, you know, how to make it grow, basically, how to make it better, because I just, I'm constantly doing instead of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the difference. Doing and thinking is is really, you know, that kind of grasps that concept a little bit. And for those who don't really have maybe never heard that saying before and, or haven't put any thought into it, kind of what I mean by that is when you're working in your business, you know, as an owner operator, you're driving, that's working in your business. You're kind of doing, like you were saying, those day-to-day -day operations, the, the, you're doing what the business itself does. So in, in the case of a trucking company, you're driving the truck, you know, getting loaded, finding loads, doing those kind of things. When you're working on your business, you're working on some of the things that are going to improve that business. So that's, you know, doing things like, you know, finding better rates, adding units, um, you know, just kind of some of those higher level things that in the long run are going to have the greater impact. And, you know, we've talked a lot about changing your mindset from that of a driver to a business owner. This is really probably the biggest leap in that change of mindset is going from working um, in the business to working on the business. No doubt. In fact, it's, uh, I would think it's a big enough leap that this probably merits its own discussion or six um, about you know, you're hiring your first driver and, and the change that that makes for the business. And uh, frankly, I'm really excited because this is what the podcast has been building toward. Or, or, I mean, the business generally, but this is what the uh, content has been building toward is how to make changes like this if you want to. We've seen what it's like for you to be an owner operator out there. And now it's time to see what it would be like to transition. So I'm going to have a ton of questions when we get to that, Chris. Uh, but for today, I kind of figure we should probably answer the question here. Um, the, the, the title of the podcast uh, needs an answer. So uh, you've got a lot of listeners out there who listen to this podcast uh, because, like I said, they are in some stage of starting a trucking company. Maybe they're thinking about it. Maybe they're actually taking it on. Uh, but for an episode titled, Is Now a Good Time to Start a Trucking Company? The first question I want to ask you is, is now a good time to start a trucking company? <laughs> you're you're so quick, Craig. <laughs> I just want to get right to it, okay? Hit me with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Well, to answer your question, um, it's tough right now. The the freight market is going through something it's never experienced in the past. With that being said, I, I'm you know we're seeing indications that we've definitely hit the bottom and started to go up a little bit. So I think things are going to be improving, but st things still are not good enough that I would want somebody starting their trucking company today. And when I say starting their trucking company, I mean hauling that first load. I would not want to be a brand new trucking company out there hauling their first load. And I'm kind of, you know, feeling some of the, that anxiety because I have a big change happening right now, you know, with hiring a driver, it's a different situation and things are different. And it's harder because of the way the freight market is right now. So the simple answer is initially, if you're trying to run and find your very first load today, I, I don't think it's a very good time. Interesting. So it, because that, uh, well, 
you've been so encouraging of people who want to get out there and do it. And you're saying now might be a time to hold off? To a certain extent, I, I yes, hold off in the in the sense that you don't want to actually be, um, you know, have a truck purchased, have your insurance payment made, and have to be out there um, finding loads, making enough money to be able to pay the bills. But with that being said, you know, timing in the trucking industry and really any business is is everything and and is su- super important, super critical. And things change. And, and I really think in the next month or two, we're going to start to see some big changes. You know, we're, we're, this this episode of the podcast is going to be launching at the end of April. And you're starting to see state governments all over the country saying they're going to start loosening some of the restrictions starting around the 1st of May. And I think as May goes on, it's going to get better and better and better. I think you get into June it's going to get better and better and better. And by the time we hit the end of June, you know, I really think things are going to be, um, you know, things right now are just so far away from normal. I think by the time we get to the end of June, it's going to be a lot closer to normal than um, how far away it is right now, if that makes any sense. We're going to be, we're not going to be normal like it was before the pandemic hit, but we're going to be a lot closer to that than we are today. Okay, sure. Now, if, that's not the case and somebody kind of tries to time it for june are they going to be in a lot of trouble no and we'll get to that a little bit later on down the road if they do it smartly there's some things that can happen that you can kind of set that um the the path in the ball in motion you can kind of get the groundwork laid so that when the timing is right you can be ready and in a position to kind of jump on things quickly. Like if you wait to kind of set that foundation for two months down the road, when things get busy, you're already going to be behind the curve because, you know, it, it takes a while to get everything ramped up. You can't just flip the switch and say, okay, I'm going to start running a trekking company tomorrow. It takes time to get everything established. Um, you know, for instance, the, when you get your federal motor carrier license, what's typically called your trucking authority, that's a minimum 21 day period. And in my experience, you know, when I see somebody that say, Hey, today I've decided I'm starting my trucking company. I'm going to take the first step today. It usually takes on average two months before they're actually ready to haul their first load. Okay. So yeah, I, as I recall, it's, um, 21 days to get that, uh, that authority, right? But uh, yep, from the day you apply for it, it's 21 days. And before you even apply for it, you need to set up your company and that takes some time. So, you know, for most guys, it's a minimum of a month, more realistic. It, it seems like when you start a trekking company or any kind of company, I've done this many times now at this point, started many companies, it always takes longer and it usually costs more money than I'm expecting. <laughs> So just plan, you know, plan. It's going to take you longer than you expect. And so if you're shooting for that one month goal, if you get it great, but chances are, it's going to take you longer than that. There's just so many things to do and, and things you don't think about. And it just, it takes time. Okay. All right. So, uh, so what you're saying is you're looking ahead, hoping that things will, and, and expecting that things will get better as the summer rolls along. And so people might start getting the ball rolling now, even if even if now isn't a great time to be finding your first load, now might be a good time to get that ball rolling so that when the good times start rolling again, you're ready to go. Yep. So what, what we're going to talk about today and kind of focus on are what are the steps that you can take 
that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. And it's not going to be like, you're going to be throwing money away if you can't get up and going, um, in two months, you know, things that you're just going to do the kind of the bare minimum and the things that take time so that though that time has passed, you know, whether it's two months, six months or a year down the road, you're ready to jump on things when it happens. And and I, I do not think it's going to be a year before things get normalized enough that you can make a good run at it. You know, I, I think it's probably more like two to four months, um, yeah, hopefully closer to two, but you just never know. But I, I think if you kind of do some of the things that we're talking about today, you can do those first few steps that are going to take the time, you know, do some other legwork, some research and a bunch of things that don't take any money so that when the day comes, you know, you've probably, instead of having to wait two months to get your business up and going, you can probably do it in one to two weeks. Right, right. Okay. So let's talk then about a uh, starting point. Where do people start with this uh, process? I mean, we, we kind of talked about this in the first few episodes, so people can go check that out, but maybe we do a little refresher here. Um, or maybe yeah. things are a little different now. No, they haven't really changed a whole bunch, but I think it's good to do a refresher because we, you may want to peel some of those things back that we talked about a, a little bit. Um, so uh, you, you may only want to do a few of them now and you want to save some of them for another month or two down the road. Like typically when you start, you just, you, a lot of that stuff, you just try to get them all started and going right up front. But Today, I, I think in this kind of a situation, again, you just kind of want to do the bare minimum to get the the most important things that take the time, get those things going so that clock's ticking so that, you know, whether again, it's two months or four months or six months down the road, you're ready to go. And instead of having a two month ramp up time, you've got a one to two week ramp up time. Right. Okay. So step one, you know, there's really kind of two that I want to focus on for right now. And that first step is to um, get your business set up. And we talk a lot about that in episode number two. So if you haven't um, listened to that for a while or you forgot about it, um, go back and listen to episode two. It's going to go into a lot more detail about what we're talking about in setting up a business. But that's really the first thing that you need to do because it takes time and you're really not out anything if you aren't able to get the business going until two or six months down the road, because that's an expense that you're going to pay and it's not going to hurt you if it takes six months before you actually start running. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So what comes next after that? Then after that is uh, getting that uh, motor carrier authority, applying for your DOT number. So that's your DOT number, MC number, or also known as your motor carrier authority. That's the thing that takes... 21 days. Right. That's the one I was remembering. Okay. All right. So um, we've applied for the authority. We've got everything all set up and ready to go. And uh, what, are, what are people out? Like as far as expenditure and time and all that stuff, what's going to happen if they take these steps and then things aren't quite ready to uh, for them to go hit the road and start uh, finding loads? Are, are they going to be out a bunch? Not, not really anything because that's an expense that you have to pay. Both of those, the setting up the business and um, getting the motor carrier authority, they're both things you have to pay um, no matter what. And it's not money that you're going to lose if you can't get up and going for um, you know six months. Take, take for instance, a, a different 
item. If you bought your truck today and all of a sudden you have to make truck payments for the next six months, but you can't find good enough paying loads that you can stay busy, all of a sudden you're paying a payment on a truck that you can't make the payment because you've got all these expenses coming in, the truck, the insurance, all those kind of things. Um, those are things you don't want to do right now until you know that the market is, has kind of straightened itself out and, and is ready for you to jump back in and, and make a good profitable run at it. So those are the kind of expenses you don't want because you would be money out of your pocket that you're just, you're, you're losing money at that point. But I really don't feel that as a situation with your company and your, um, motor carrier authority. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So when it, tell me this, when somebody applies for that authority, do they, it, and, and it takes that 21 days for it to go through, um, isn't that just kind of sitting there then if they don't start running right away? Um, it, isn't that an expense that they've, that they've put out there that they can't recoup? Not necessarily because you, you ha- again, you have to take, you have to make that expense. You have to do it. And the nice thing with the government is, is once that 21 day period is up, um, you, you can activate your authority really at any point. They send you a letter and they say that you've got 60 days to activate the authority. So they give you a little bit of time there, but even once that 60 days has passed, you're really not out anything because what happens at that point is your application for your authority gets put in an inactive status. And they will allow you to activate it within a one-year period without having to pay any more money to them or doing anything else. So you've really got a year to get your company up and going before you lose that money that you've spent. So it, you know, as long as you do it within the year, it's it's good. And we usually, to do that reactivation at the Motor Carrier HQ, we usually charge $55 to do that. But, you know, in, in the environment that we're in right now and everything that's going on, if um, somebody just to kind of give them, put them at ease, if they, they aren't sure when they're going to be able to get up and going, but they want to get the ball rolling so that they can be in a good position when the timing's right, we are waiving that uh, $55 um, reactivation fee and just doing, doing it for free for clients. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so you're waiving that fee. And, and I mean, that's good because uh, this is a, it, it's a simple process on paper, but it takes effort and it, you know, you got to know the process a little bit. So I'm sure a lot of people would uh, be glad to reach out to Motor Carrier HQ for that. Yeah, it, it is a little bit complicated and really to make this work and and to limit your expenses and only do the things that are are essential so that you've you've got the groundwork set. You really need to have a good plan. And if anybody's trying to decide if the time's right for them, our coaches at Motor Carrier HQ can always help them develop a plan, including determining what's the right timing for them, how much it's going to cost, what makes sense to pay now versus what makes sense to to wait and pay later on down the road as things get closer. And as always, that phone call and that consultation with the coach is always free. Even if you're just kicking the tires and, you know, think, well, maybe this is the right thing for me two years down the road. We just as soon help you develop a good plan, that customized game plan that we do so that when you are ready, you feel good, you're comfortable, you're in the right spot and you're set up for 
success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you've said this a lot about, uh, you know, banks and insurance companies and whatnot. They want you to succeed because they want to continue to earn your business. I'm sure it's the same for Motor Carrier HQ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. So uh, let me ask you this question then, Chris. If uh, if somebody is, they, they feel like they're ready to go, they've got their authority, it's, it's prepped and, you know, maybe it's inactive and they're just waiting to activate it. Um, you know, so it's going to be a few months before that is ready to go or before they're ready to hit the road. What are they doing in the meantime? Uh, is this person continuing to drive for someone else? Are they doing something else to get the business started? For the most part, I would say they're probably doing what they've been doing as far as generating income. So if they've been driving for somebody else, they should continue to drive for somebody else or doing that other job or or, or whatever it is. But um, there's there's other things that they can be doing in addition to that. You know, there's there's a lot of legwork items and research items that need to be done that you can do so that you know what you need, you know what you want, and as soon as it's time to go, you can pull the trigger and you can pull the trigger quickly. So I'm going to go through. I've got kind of seven items here that I want to talk about just really briefly. We'll go through each one of those, talk about them really quick, um, and. Uh, talk you know about the timing and what do you do as far as payments and, and whatnot and so these are things that people can do while they're waiting to get started and get uh, on the road yep okay all right go ahead all right so the first one is to shop for that truck and trailer if you're at least on owner operator you already own your own truck obviously you don't need to do that but you probably still do need to get a trailer um and so you, you start doing that shopping, you figure out, a, you get a better idea of exactly what it is you want, what you're looking for, where you can find the best price and um, who's going to give you the best financing. You know, another thing in this kind of environment you might want to ask is if, if whoever's going to provide the financing for it, um, ask them when the first payments do, because a lot of times right now, because of the COVID thing and things are so on edge, they're letting you defer that first payment for one or two or three months. And you know, that's going to be an important factor to consider too. So um, do that shopping for the truck and trailer. Don't make the down payment until you are ready to actually get on the road. That's, that's That and insurance are the two big costs that you have that you don't want to do until you're confident that the market's right and you're ready to jump in. Okay. All right. So what's the second one? Insurance. So I already kind of mentioned it. Um, insurance we cover in episode number nine. So you can go back and listen to that one for more of the details. But again, it's one of those things. It's a big down payment and you don't want to have to make that until you know you're ready to go. And you typically don't want to do make that down payment until you're about five days away from running. Okay. So with the truck and trailer, you can shop, you could possibly even buy, even if you feel like you're a little ways out from, uh, from hitting the road, but insurance, you don't want to, you don't want to pull the trigger. You can still shop around, make some contacts uh, with insurance agents and whoever, but then wait until you're actually, you know, you're going to hit the road before you, uh, get that insurance, right? Yep, that's correct. But I, I do want to clarify a little bit more on that truck payment. Even if the the financing company will let you defer that payment for two months down the road, I still don't think I would make the down payment until I know I'm in a situation where I'm ready to go within a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So what's number three? Um, and the, these next ones, for the most part, are, are really in a similar situation. You just want to, number three, I've got you you're doing your research for what ELD you want to use. ELD, and it's just ELD. The 
electronic logging device. Oh yeah. Okay. You, you just want to have an idea of what one you want to use. There's a lot of them out there um, so that you know what you're going to do, how much it's going to cost you and who you contact to make the payment to when you're ready to go. Okay. All right. Number four is pre-pass, whether you want to use pre-pass or not. So you can pass bypass the ports. You know, I was kind of talking to Mike a little bit and he actually, it kind of surprises me. He's been driving for 10 years, but has never driven for somebody that uses pre-pass and he has loved it. <laughs> um, he, he he's It's the greatest thing to be able to just drive by that port, not have to worry about pulling in and getting, um, you know, getting inspected or getting weighed. It just, uh, you know, every time you have to stop that truck or slow it down, it's lost time and revenue. Look at you, Chris. You're going for cool boss status, right? <laughs> I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Tell me about it. All right. So number five. <laughs> number five is um, determining what you're going to do for workers' compensation insurance. So, you know, one, getting the insurance. And then a lot of the times, if you're a single owner operator, you're also going to have an option for occupational accident insurance. So one, determining which of those two you want, where you want to buy it from, and, you know, getting an idea of how much it's going to cost. Okay. All right. And then number six? Number six is your plates and your IRP. So, um, your, your plates for your truck and your trailer, your license plates, um, often called IRP international registration plan. If you're crossing state lines, you're probably going to get that particular type of plate. Um, if you remember right, they're called apportion plates. Um, they've got a lot of different nicknames. That's plates, IRP, apportion plates, all, all kind of the same thing, but it's a little bit more complicated than just, you know, when you and I register our car, you know, we, we address this in an episode, uh, Further back, I can't remember off the top of my head which episode it was, but uh, it was a ways back. You can go back and look at that episode to to learn a little bit more about it. But you you there's applications you have to fill out, documentation you have to gather. So that's all things you can figure all that out, get it all gathered together, filled out as much as you possibly can. So that again, once you're ready to go, it's just a matter of submitting that application, making the payment and you're ready to go. Yep. Okay. And then number seven, this is the last one, right? Yep. Number seven is just getting the graphics and lettering for your truck. So your truck's going to have to have at a minimum, your DOT number on the side, um, a few other little things that you've got to have. You, know, you see it on the side of every truck. You've got to get that. And, you know, it can be as complicated or simple as you want. You know, I, a lot of the times you can do it for less than 20 bucks or you can do something more complicated. If I remember right, I spent somewhere around 350, but I got, you know, a nice graphic logo name on the side of the truck along with all the lettering. So mine was a little bit more expensive, but still not. I mean, $350 in the grand scheme of things isn't a ton of money. Yeah. No, and I as I recall, you still have not put my face on the trailer or the truck for that matter. Um, and so I just want everybody out there to note that uh, that offer is still on the table. If anybody wants to put my face on the side of their truck and advertise Holland Assets, uh, they can still do that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd recommend that to anybody. <laughs> well, whatever. Haters going to hate, Chris. <laughs> All right. I'm not winning the Good Boss Award with you today, am I? <laughs> so... Tell me about the money this is all going to cost because it sounds like with all these things, the the fees are going to start racking up as we go through these seven items, right? So what, which of these are they going to have to spend money on before they can even hit the road? Or is this all kind of research phase stuff? Well, the so 
those seven things that I just covered right there, for the most part, those are all things that are going to cost you your biggest chunk of your startup costs. But those things don't have to happen until you're about a one to two weeks away from actually running. The other two things that we talked about at the beginning, setting up your um, LLC limited liability company or your corporation. So the setting up the business organization will cost you a little bit of money and it kind of depends on the state. It varies from state to state. You're typically going to spend anywhere from about $350 to maybe $800. Most states are more that 350 to 500 bucks to set up an LLC or corporation. Okay. So that's a cost that you need to pay soon, like right at the beginning then the next cost that you've got to pay right away is getting that uh, motor carrier authority and DOT number and motor carrier HQ charges four ninety five to do that. Um, so those are the two things that you need to pay up front. So in most situations you're going to be right around the thousand dollar mark. Some States where their um, business setup fees are more expensive. You might pay a couple hundred bucks more than that, but for the most part, you know, that thousand dollars ish, is is what you got to pay right away. Then the other things, the truck payment, the insurance payment, or the truck down payment, the insurance down payment, the ELD, all those other things, those can wait until you're ready to start running. So, you know, you can you can let three months pass from the time that you set up your business until you you make those other expenses. So it, that those other expenses are just going to be a function of when the market's right and the timing's right and you're ready to go, that's when you start spending that money. Okay, so are there any other variations or situations that are going to be a little bit different or are you try- is this kind of a, a cookie-cutter approach that just about everybody can follow? You know, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. And this is, again, one of those situations where the coaches at Motor Carrier HQ can kind of help you walk through um, your particular situation, develop your own customized game plan. But one of the things that's going to be really different is if you're a leased on owner operator and you already own your truck. So you don't have a truck down payment that you're coming up with in that kind of situation. There may be some situations where you want to start sooner rather than later. And you may want to jump right in and go like if you're leased on and the company you're working for is not finding you loads, you're making the truck payment, whether they keep you running or maybe they, um, have gone out of business or they they just don't have enough business and they're just not throwing enough your way to be able to make your truck payment. In that kind of situation, you may, may, be, you may be better off just ripping off the Band-Aid and going off on your own. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, good, Chris. I, I feel like this is good info for somebody who is uh, wondering. They're teetering on the edge right now, wondering if now is the right time to do it. Hopefully this gives a little bit of guidance and... Uh, I would just say if anybody has any specific questions that they would like us to address, they can, of course, go to Facebook and search Holland Assets there, or you can go to hollandassetsllc.com where we have full show notes and you can uh, submit your questions and comments in the comments section directly there. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts on this subject before we call it for today? Just to wrap it up, I would just say everybody's situation is different. This is one of those things you need to, if you've got a significant other, you need you you need to sit down together and talk it through, decide whether it's right for you to go now, to wait. Um, again, I, I would take a cautious approach and just kind of take those little baby steps we've been talking about. If you know that it's the right thing to do, but you're not sure if it's going to be two months down the road, or a year down the road, 
I wouldn't be afraid to to take those first two steps now so that the groundwork's laid as long as you are confident you're going to be able to make it happen in the next year. If you think your game plan's longer than a year, wait. Um, but if you if you think it's going to be sometime between now and the next six months and you're just really waiting for the market to turn, and as soon as the market turns, I would definitely do those first steps now so that that time, that mandatory waiting period's over, you've done your research, so you're ready to go, and once the market's good, you can pull the trigger and execute your plan quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good, Chris. Well, uh, again, I hope everybody will uh, visit us on Facebook and at hollandassetsllc.com, and uh, make sure that, you're, uh, that you stick around for next week. And so if you haven't yet, Please subscribe and, uh, you know, listen to all these episodes. I, I really think these are really helpful, especially these days with the uncertainty floating around. Chris, I think you've done a great job of pulling together this information. So uh, not only do I hope that you'll subscribe, but if you appreciate what we do, if you enjoy what we do at Holland Assets, then tell your friends. Uh, tell anybody else who's out on the road who might find this info valuable. Uh, if you want to show somebody else how... I don't want to say easy, but at least simple, <laughs> doable it can be to start your own company and, and make things happen, even in times like this, then let them know about uh, this podcast and we would much appreciate your help with that and with the word of mouth. Right, Chris? Absolutely. We we appreciate everybody out there for listening and uh, you know, especially you who've left comments and given us good ideas of what uh, you think we could do better or um, what you like about it, keep those coming and uh, good luck to everybody. And we'll uh, like, like you hear everybody say all the time, we're going to get through this thing together. You know, the United States is a very resilient country and we're able to adapt and we're able to push through adversity. And uh, I have no doubt that, that this, that's going to be the case in this situation. And um, I'm, I'm confident things are getting better and just going to continue to get better. And um, we all want to be in a good position to capitalize on that when it happens. I'll drink to that. Cheers, Chris. Well, I guess I'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Craig.